0: I'm really excited about this chat. Like Irina said, it's really where the future of the industry is going. And I'm a little bit worried for my job, if I'm being very honest. <laughs> um, but in a market saturated with brands promising to deliver hope in a jar, we've arrived at a place where we can actually have specialized, like truly specialized skincare that addressed your actual skin challenges, um, not just a label on a jar with your name on it um And there, it's from the data points from your skin, and it's really scientific. But to help us kind of demystify that, we're speaking with Chaz Giles. He's had a career spanning venture capital and operating roles in startups. And Chaz was most recently the head of innovation at Estee Lauder Companies, and now founder and CEO of Revia. Welcome, Chaz.
1: Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Super excited.
0: Um, can we just start with the background on Ruvia and how you came, came to the space? Like, where did that come from? For
1: sure. So, um, you know, Ruvia is really around uh, solving the problem that, you know, you probably have probably had and I know many other consumers, which is just finding products that work for your skin, right? It's that kind of trial and error game. And if I ask you, you probably have a drawer in your bathroom or a box under your bed of all the products that you bought that... You tried and don't work. Um, and so what we thought was the industry was a little bit backwards of everything started with a product and then went to find consumers um, instead of flipping that around and starting with you as an individual. Uh, understanding what you need, and then building the product that works exactly for you. And so that that was really the the kind of inspiration behind um, Rubia. And what we saw was there was a moment that biology and data science had caught up, and now the technology actually made it possible to give consumers what they were looking for, which is products that fundamentally work for their skin uh, and their unique skin needs.
0: hmm And so you talk about bioinformatics, which is like a very strange word to me. So can we just understand what that means?
1: Sure. Uh, So bioinformatics is um, it's kind of a discipline within data science um, that is the combination of biology and machine learning. So it's the application of uh, the biological sciences, everything that we know about how the human body works and the rest of the world biologically, uh, and then using data science to really understand that at a deeper level. Um, That's given rise to things that, you know, people are are much more familiar with, with um, uh, companies like Memphis Meat or Beyond Meat that are using, you know, really advanced biology and machine learning to figure out how to, you know, create meat without animals right? Just as an example of like how some of that technology is being used. So it takes kind of all the great things that machine learning can do and starts to apply that to the, the really vast world of, of biology. Uh, and since skin is our largest biological organ, uh, what we're taking is, you know, a bioinformatic approach to really understand our individual skin uh, and create formulations that, that work for that.
0: That's, yeah, that's really super interesting. So the I'm curious about how like, what's the process for people to come into you? And, like, who is Revia for? Uh,
1: Rivia is really for everyone with skin. Um, but, no, uh, what we, what we kind of say is, um, or what we see from a lot of consumers is, is there's two challenges that people are really trying to understand or trying to solve. One is the products that work for them. And we'll talk about how we do that in a moment. But uh, the first one is most people don't really understand what's happening with their skin and their body. Right. You know, we have dry skin, we get redness and irritation. We get breakouts and we don't know why. Right. And so we start searching for solutions, but we may not be solving the right problem or we might be making a problem worse. Um, And so, you know, what we're really doing is starting to use data diagnostics and science to help you understand what's happening on the surface and then below the surface, because what we see really is a product of all the biology that's happening below. Right. We see symptoms, we see dry skin, but that might be because we didn't drink enough water, or it might be because our lipid profile isn't where it needs to be, or we have a compromised skin barrier, and all of those require different solutions. And so it's around using that technology to really give you that knowledge and power. Um, that's kind of the first part, and then the second part is then using a lot of those kind of machine learning models to connect all those individual things about um, your skin biology to the formulations that will work best for you. And and again, we all know this anecdotally. Uh, your best friend recommends a product to you and you try it and it doesn't work for you or even worse, it gives you a bad reaction. And you're like, why? Right. And so that might be because the root cause that you had was different than hers or how you break down and how your body metabolizes ingredients is also different than hers. Like this makes sense. When we think about nutrition, you might have a dairy allergy and I might have a gluten like allergy we break down and we metabolize ingredients differently in skincare as well. And so that's what we're really using kind of the science to break down in terms of who comes to us. We see consumers literally from 16 to 75 have come through the doors. Um, mm-hmm. because they were really curious about what's happening with skin. And I think no matter our age, no matter our, our gender, our race, whatever it might be, we all want to like be as healthy and look as good as we possibly can and that's what people are trying to solve for. And so we're trying to give them the the kind of power to unlock that.
0: Yeah, so that's a great point. When you're looking at someone's skin, like what are you analyzing in their skin?
1: So we look at about 38 different um, biological vectors, um, everything from things that you'd be really familiar with, like hydration. Um, but we then break that hydration down into to the root cause like we were ta- kind of talking about. It might be you know, lipids or it might be a skin barrier. So it's about getting deeper than just uh, a marker of I have dry skin. Um, and then we look at things like uh, that we're not so familiar with or the industry is not so familiar with, which is going to be skin may or or uh, dermal fibers, which is like your collagen elastin matrix um, and your skin's ability to rejuvenate. Right. Um, And that's really, you know, you hear the term anti-aging a lot, and that's really driven by how well can your skin fight off the aging process, which is technically an injury to skin. So it's your skin healing from the damage that happens as we age. And so we measure your skin's ability to heal there biologically. Um, so we, we measure 38 different parameters, um, kind of all across that biology, um, some on the surface, some in the deeper levels. And then we are actually analyzing about 100 million different data points uh, within those to create those formulations.
0: Wow, that's, that's intense. Um, so yeah, that's, that brings me to like data is really king nowadays. So how does data empower these consumers?
1: Uh, it's, it's in a few different ways. So the first thing that we're doing is, um, let's just call it pulling back the curtain on what's happening. Right. So we had, um, we had someone in the other day that, uh, you know, as we started into the session and and she was telling us about some of the challenges that, um, had existed with this. skin. she said, I'm really excited about, you know, coming here today, but I'm also really nervous because I have I have really really sensitive skin and I'm always afraid to start new products because I get really bad reactions and I break out so I haven't really changed anything and I was like that's interesting like let's see if we can actually measure and figure out why you have sensitive skin um, and as we went through the measurements what we found out is she had a really compromised skin barrier and we said you know this isn't about you having sensitive skin like you have a skin barrier that needs to be healed and if we heal that skin barrier the sensitivity issues go away. Right. And so this was not sensitive skin because that's just how she was born. It was sensitive skin because her skin barrier was letting in like two or three times the amounts of active ingredients that would normally get in for someone and causing a ton of irritation for her skin. And so by like working on to heal and repair that skin barrier, she now can use products very differently. Like It's not about, you know, sensitive skin for an oily skin. It was about like fixing that fundamental problem that heals and improves like her skin's health and appearance. So we're using data to get to that root cause. And then we're also using data to give consumers a dashboard to help understand what's going on. And we're really the first company that has ever measured uh, the results of our products. And we do that on a going basis. And so this is about kind of running little mini clinical trials with each individual consumer that we have. So as we measure your skin and we say, Kimberly, here's what's going on. And this is what we'd recommend as like the best way to improve your skin's health. We then formulate for that. And then we follow up and measure again to see how those things are working for you. And depending on what's improved, what's changed, what maybe has fallen back because of changes in lifestyle or you moved or global pandemic, and we're all wearing masks. you know, yeah. we don't update that. Right. Um, and that helps our model learn and get better. So every time we interact, we actually can provide better and better formulation based on how your skin physiology is responding to different formulations.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that brings us to the whole personalization thing and like custom. And so like, tell us what that means at Revia.
1: Tell us about what that means at said
0: The personalization, like what's the, what's but the difference like how do you approach personalization
1: yeah so it's a great question um, you know we're the world's first precision skincare company and we use that for a precision for a couple of reasons um, one is we are truly taking uh, precision medicine and precision health and bringing that into skincare. Uh, so one of my co-founders was the chief data scientist of Leo Pharma, which is a pharmaceutical dermatology company. Um, and he had been working on precision healthcare and precision medicine approaches for measuring skin and creating you know, um, specific skin therapeutics uh, for that. And that's what we're bringing over. And that's what precision medicine is, where you understand your biology and you create treatments specifically tailored to that. The other reason we really talk about precision um, versus personalized is personalized has been used in so many ways now. Um, You know, in many companies and many places, it's basically bastardized. Right. Um, I put your name on a bottle. I put a fragrance in uh, that you like, and I call that personalized. And, And in some cases that works and that's great. Um, but when it comes to skin and skincare, that's not personalization that actually improves what I care about as a consumer. It doesn't make the product work better for me. It doesn't give me better results. Um, and it doesn't change the experience that I have. So, what we're doing is using that science and biology and the data to actually drive individual formulations for you as a consumer based mm-hmm. on your biological needs. And we're the first company that's actually able to measure that biology and formulate for you in that way. Um, we can create over three thousand three hundred unique formulations um, for wow. you based on your biology. Um, so we're certainly not pulling one of four uh, SKUs out of the closet and handing that to you.
0: That's incredible. So someone would have like obviously your skin changes. So they would come in and you would reformulate a new product if they needed it or would exactly. you have?
1: Yeah, I mean that's exactly what we look at. Skin is dynamic; it's alive. It's you know, as we said, our largest uh, biological organ, um, and it changes. We know this as it changes season, right? Like everyone or most people experience that, especially if you're in places with you know kind of more dramatic climates. Um, and it changes as you have stress, and it changes with hormone cycles, and all these other things that go on. And so, what we're really doing is understanding where you sit today, understanding what formulation is going to improve your skin the most based on those measures. And then as we see improvement and as skin changes, we then continue to update to always optimize where your skin's at. We think of ourselves kind of like a a personal trainer for skin, right? You're you're not going to come in and you're not going to do flexibility and strength and endurance all in the same session or all in the same, you know, two weeks. What you're going to do is work on, you know, agility for the next few weeks. And then as that improves, then we're going to start to add in some more flexibility as an example. And that's how we think about skin. It's a lifelong journey. Uh, and we're mm-hmm. really just using data and science to keep your skin at its best across that journey.
0: Um, just out of my curiosity, can, are the formulas that you are creating or able to create like, um, are they able to reverse a lot of like sun damage? Um, mm-hmm.
1: Like what is that something? that's some a concern for a consumer? Yeah, sorry for you know, one second for the fire truck, and, and I'll answer. Um, okay. a study. Um, so yeah, I think the you know most of skincare today has really been uh, what we will call benefit-driven, right? It's a consumer that comes in and um, you know thinks they need something around anti-aging or lines and wrinkles, um, and you know that's what most of marketing has been has been built on. So our formulations are targeted for. Uh, all of those benefits, but what we're doing is understanding why each individual sees the things that they perceive as benefits or uh, as a need. Um, So I might, I might have, you know, lines and wrinkles under my eyes, um, but that might not be because my skin is sagging because of my collagen. That might be because I'm dehydrated in my skin and I don't have enough water. So Mm -hmm. And the firmness has started to kind of deflate, for lack of a better term, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so, by getting to the root cause, we can then tackle that individual need to get the benefit that consumers are actually looking for. Um, So, yes, is the short answer. The formulations tackle all of these benefits, uh, but we're using uh, some of that data and science to not only understand what the actual root cause is and the need. But then we're also using it to work on what's called different uh, kind of biological pathways. So our body all um, metabolizes ingredients in different ways. Uh, Ingredients all work in different ways. And so by using um, multiple ingredients that work in different ways to fight lines and wrinkles, we can start to highlight how your individual skin biology responds best to improving those lines and wrinkles that you were interested in, as an example. Mm -hmm. So mm-hmm. it's always about like optimizing with the ingredients that we use. So you can change those formulations to give you the best results.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm just wondering, cause it would save me a ton on Botox, you know, <laughs> 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 um, but yeah. So, I mean, I'm in PD and this, this is really a very fascinating thing for me because, you know, usually personalization and customization faces a lot of challenges in MOQs. And I just want to know how you guys are able to scale and like meet those kinds of demands.
1: Yeah, it's um, that absolutely has been one of the biggest challenges um, in why personalization, true personalization hasn't existed. Um, So, you know, we're both in, have been in the industry for quite a while and and you understand as well as I do when someone's making a new product, they are making 10,000, units of a particular skew in a particular formulation because that's what the supply chain needs to be efficient um, but we don't think what you need as a consumer should be driven by what i need from my supply chain right mm-hmm. we think the supply chain should respond to what you need and what each of our individual consumers need uh, so we rebuilt that supply chain um, we changed how formulations were created <clears throat> you're in product development you know that formulations typically are the active ingredients are coming together. It goes through, you know, kind of some kind of emulsion, heating, cooling process uh, to do all of that. Let's call that five-seven hour kind of process to have all those things come together, and then it runs through lines and you know all that other things in supply chain. Um, we actually started to reverse that, where we can create those ingredients um, and create those formulations in a way that we can combine them um, and produce a truly custom formulation on demand after you have been measured uh, in less than 10 minutes. Uh, And so we've had to reinvent that product development process using some of that data science and machine learning to model out how these things respond um, and change how we then actually produce uh, our our products. So we have a formulation chemist who oversees the production of each individual uh, formula that we make. um, And we've started to automate that process such that you come in, you get measured, your individual formulation is sent to our lab uh, and then that formulation is made. um, And then we ship that out to you uh, within about 48 hours.
0: Wow. That turnaround time is very impressive. So how do you address the um, regulatory aspects of all of that? Like usually when you're creating formulas, they have to go into stability. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. that's a, that's a really good question. Uh, I laugh because it it, uh, it took us some weeks of, of uh, learning and figuring out how to um, be able to truly meet the standards that we needed to meet uh, for our consumers of having clean formulas. Every formula we produce is EU approved um, and uh, also goes through that rigorous testing process. But when you can make over 3,000 individual formulas, Um, Obviously, that's a challenge to do that with each individual one. Um, So we actually, again, changed kind of how that process works, where um, we created formulas that represented the maximum um, kind of exposure that any individual could ever receive. Uh, And we were testing the worst case scenarios, so to speak, to ensure that There is no formulation that we would ever produce uh, that could exceed a way that this consumer would actually see a product. Uh, And we're able to get regulatory approval and sign off on all of those processes um, to be able to do that for our consumers to have all the safety checks and have all the regulatory uh, checks, but also to be able to produce that in a way that we can still create things on demand for consumers.
0: Amazing. Yeah. And I mean, I think your model actually is probably more sustainable than other brands considering you're not ordering or producing those 10,000 pieces that usually sit on shelves for a long period of time. Yeah.
1: That's one of the, that's one of the big advantages, right? So the supply chain today, um, as you know, sends so many products into landfill, right? Whether it's the, you know, box of, of, uh, products you have in your bathroom or under your, your bed that you're not using, uh, because they didn't work for you, right. The graveyard and it just gets thrown out. Um, or even, you know, kind of more important and more, uh, disturbing is the amount of inventory that goes unsold that is just scrapped. Um, and, you know, I think the last stats I saw is in some cases that's up to like 20% of all inventory that's produced. Um, you're talking millions and millions of products that consumers have never even touched that go directly into landfill, all the primary packaging, the plastics, the, you know, the, the formulations and all those things. Um, When you make it on demand, you are only making the number of products that are ordered and you never have any of that waste. Uh, So it it is a much more um, sustainable model from that perspective as well,
0: for sure. Sure. Um, Just being mindful of our time together. I just want to ask a final few questions and see where Rivia is going in the future. are you expanding? You, like, what's the D 2 C market look like?
1: For sure. So we are. I'm sitting in our San Francisco studio right now. Um, this is where we are doing a lot of that uh, machine learning and uh, all of the uh, kind of pairing of data on these diagnostics that we have. So we're using diagnostics here that come from literally satellite imaging and oncology research and high end um, kind of clinical dermatology labs, uh, and we're taking all of that. Uh, technology and we are combining that down to a place where we can actually measure your biology with one of these. Um, and so that's been our big focus is to take what is possible right now in a physical lab uh, and extend that to what's possible with the technology that is on and soon to be on mobile phones so that we can bring precision skin care to you know every consumer. Um, so we have some big plans, we'll open a couple more studios um, in a couple of the cities. Uh, here over the next 12 months, um, and we will start to bring precision skin care outside of the studio to consumers um, in a mobile experience uh, where they can measure their skin, understand their biology, understand what's happening, um, and create formulations specifically for their needs.
0: Uh, That's that's super exciting. One of my other questions I wanted to ask was, you know, a lot of our community, they own brands themselves, and I'm sure they're kind of just like, wow, this is this is just going to put me out of a job. Like, so how can brands, you know, adapt to this really, I mean, I feel like it's really where we need to be, but like, how do, how do brands adapt to this kind of data driven world?
1: For sure. I think the, um, beauty as much as I would love to say we will we will disrupt and take over the entire industry I know beauty will and skincare will always have multiple brands and um, you know what consumers want from that and and, and what brands stand for for sure um, but I think your, your final point in that is really important which is data and science are going to fundamentally change how skincare needs to work and what consumers are demanding we see it already in you know, what we watch, you look at Netflix or Spotify, what we listen to, that's machine learning improving that experience that we just get great music and get great entertainment, right? Um, we're seeing it in the things that we exercise with with you know all the, the gyms that are coming to home and Pelotons and all these things, right? Mm-hmm. So consumers are already there and they're measuring things around nutrition and they're measuring fertility and hormone cycles. So consumers are demanding that. The, the beauty industry and the brands just haven't caught up yet and I think that's really what's important and what you're asking is you know brands have to take a step back and and really understand are they going to be about kind of marketing benefits and uh, marketing um, you know kind of beautiful packages and stop there or are they going to go beyond that and start to get to products that are going to work for each and every consumer that they serve because that's really what consumers deserve and and where consumers are heading are gonna demand. Um, And so it means they have to start to invest in new things. They have to invest in the technology to understand me as a consumer. They have to invest in the technology to change the supply chain in the ways that we talked about. Um, And they need to kind of also invest in changing a bit of the education and the attitude that skincare is not about three or four skin types. It's about thousands. Uh, And that's driven by our biology and it's driven by um, where we live and how our biology interacts with our environment. And the only way skincare is going to work for each individual consumer they solve is if they start to change in those ways. And I think that's what the industry really has to step up to do. And, you know, we're happy to be leading that charge, um, but we're excited to see, you know, more brands start to invest in that same thing and, and really leave behind what has been, a pretty frustrating old model for a lot of consumers uh, and really start to bring it into one that consumers can really, really, you know, see a step change in experience and performance.
0: Yeah. I could not agree with that more. And I'm actually, I, like there's just such a low barrier to entry right now that so many brands just pop up out of nowhere and yeah. they are falling hope in a jar. So I'm really it is, excited.
1: Right? And, I mean, you and I both know that we can name off the, the handful of manufacturers that they all produce at and, you know, everyone claims something new and different, but it all comes from the same place. And, and you kind of have to take a step back and and say consumers are really getting frustrated with being, you know, hearing the the, the broken promises and, and the hollow words, and, and they're really looking for something new. And, and that's why, you know, we see such switching in the industry. You see this as much as I do, right? Um, all that kind of constant churn that everyone does. And, you know, we think that's silly, like, stop investing in really pretty marketing ads and start investing in, you know, product that actually solves some problems. Uh, and we think, you know, everyone is better off for that.
0: Totally. Totally. Well, I'm so thankful for your time with us. Um, I want to open it up to some questions if there are any, or any final words that you might have for us, Chaz.
1: For sure. If there's questions, happy to answer. I think, And you know, this has been a pleasure and it's always exciting to, Kind of talk about where things that obviously we geek out on uh, when it comes to, you know, kind of skincare and things like that. But, um, you know, it's been not an easy journey, let's say, to kind of think about how you bring some really, really new technology into a space that uh, has kind of been pretty resistant to that. But, um, you know, when we see how much consumers uh, are really, really benefiting from understanding what's happening with their skin and their body and, um, you know, starting to see true improvements uh, because now products are actually tailored to them. Um you know that that part's a lot of fun.
0: Great. Well thank
2: you so much. Thank, thank, you. thank you so thank much. That's really really interesting. Thank you so much. And I absolutely agree, Salt, so, you know, like as you know, as we advance and fast advance in these uh, technologies. You know, the key is is becoming easier to use for the consumer. Yeah. This kind of thing, yeah. and as it becomes easier, I can see me using it as well. Yeah, because it, at first I think it was too complicated, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So I can totally see it in the future. You know, sign me in. <laughs> sure.
1: right. that, yeah,
2: you
1: know, we see we see so many people doing you know things in in uh, genetics, right, and like understanding ancestry and like all these things, like people are using science in, in ways every single day and
2: um, and measuring
1: they're comfortable with it right and we
2: start measuring I do see how our lifestyle is changing that we start measuring what we're eating nutrition yeah. and all these kind of things it's becoming more natural and mm-hmm. uh, yeah so yeah. well done thank you it was so much. very interesting thank you so much guys it was a pleasure. And this recording will be available on demand so don't worry if you would like to watch it again <laughs> Thank yes. you, Anna. Thank you, Kimberly. Okay. Thank Bye-bye. you. Guys.